Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, ATD Painting, and Performance Food Group. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. Obviously, if all seniors had the option, they would be living at home, but sometimes that isn't always possible. Well, guess what? That is where Texan Senior Residential Care Homes comes into the picture. Texan specializes in making its facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. I'm talking full living room, kitchen, dining room, cable TV, music, games, fireplace, you name it. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes has it. They've even got home-cooked meals by experts. It's an extra throw-in. Not only that, there are no move-in fees, no visitation restrictions, so your loved ones are free to stop by and visit anytime they please. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes are located at I-635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more info, you can call 469-400-7650. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Taylor Raglan, who does sports for the Plano Star Courier, Allen American, and Lake City Sun, as well as Justin Thomas, who does sports for our Denton County papers. But specifically, you'll more be re- representing the Carrollton Leader today. So, gentlemen, we are here to talk and week Lewisville one. Leader. That's right, and Louisville Leader. We are here to talk week one high school football. The action gets rolling actually later tonight with the uh, the first night of uh, what projects to be a pretty long grind through a, another another year on the on the high school football beat. So in anticipation of that first week, we're going to talk about a couple, um, a few actually, uh, marquee matchups that we have within our markets. Um, we're going to focus this first part on um, our game of the week. So um, on Monday, as will be the case throughout the entire season, on Monday we um, you know we picked five in-market games for the readers to vote on, make their selection for what they feel should be the game of the week. And um, sure enough, uh, some strong turnout um, all around. We did have one game though they seemed to get an early lead on the rest of the pack and really just kind of held serve from there so uh congratulations to plano and hebron the uh tonight's uh, 7 p.m clash from clark stadium between the wildcats and the hawks has been named our game of the week and as such we will do we will uh have some have some lively discussion on that game a game that i'll be at a game that um should certainly be a, a fun game between two of the more perennially strong programs within the metroplex so let's get right to it uh justin you know you're uh, you're, you're the hebron guy you've been around that program for a uh, for a while, so um, just talk a bit about um, at first glance when you look at this matchup, what kind of jumps out at you as far as what made this game such a uh, such a marquee attraction? I guess uh, probably the history that these teams have mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. built up recently. Did you know this is the 11th year in a row? Yes, yeah, s- somehow, some way they found each other. They found their way onto yeah. each other's uh, district schedule. Uh, four, four of those were uh, district games, but the other seven, I believe, were not, um, including a couple of years when. Hebron was in a five, sixteen or five team district, sixteen districts. And they mm-hmm. had five district games, so they had to pick up a couple non districts. But yeah, eleventh year in a row, and by my math, Plato's taken six of them, and Hebron has four. So the Hawks looking to pull within one here. Mm-hmm. And of course, third year in a row they've met on the opening game of the season yeah. with uh, Hebron or Plano taking both of those. Um, I was out there a couple of years ago when 
the Wildcats got them pretty good, 38-7. to and Very surprising they, outcome. And you were out there last year for yeah. a much better game, but still went Plano's way last year, I guess. I'm, uh, yeah, kind of what has me anxious was obviously, yes, you mentioned that game last year, and you know that game still being you know, one year later relatively fresh in my mind, and just what a back-and-forth, mm-hmm. tale-of-two-halves you know, type game it was. And just if we get anything like that you know, yeah. tonight, then obviously, yeah, that's a blast. That's totally worthy of being game of the week. Yeah. Um, you know, for fans who maybe need a quick refresher on just what has kind of led these two teams to uh, to tonight's game, um, you know, last year you have um, things have changed obviously on both sides, but some pretty you know important elements and pretty central characters are still yeah. uh, are still in the mix for both teams, um, including I mean the kind of the uh, I mean the big thing for Hebron early on was yeah. at least was the um, was the connection between quarterback Clayton Toon, who has since graduated, mm-hmm. and um, Trajan Bridges, their yeah. star their star wide receiver who is not graduated. He's back for a senior yeah, year. Back. He um, I mean he had his way with Plano last year. Yeah. Did you have three touchdowns? He had, three, he had all three touchdowns that they scored. He had eight catches for 140 yards. I mean, I had heard some buzz about him, you know, that yeah. offseason prior, but, man, that was just such an eye-opener as far as, like, wow, this this kid is just tearing through Plano's mm-hmm. secondary. And they tried throwing. I mean, he caught one of those touchdowns by beating double coverage. Yeah. There, uh, the touchdown that pulled them within one point late in the fourth quarter was against triple coverage. They just had – I mean, it got yeah. to the point where if you're, just, if you're Plano's defensive coordinator, Ryan Cox, you're just throwing your hands up and, like, okay, what the <laughs> – you just got to tip your hat to a performance like that. Um, but by that same accord, um, you know, Hebron had a lot of success early on in that game. And then Plano controlled the second half yeah. with what you've come to expect out of Plano. Their run game really kind of, you know, took, a, you know, took over. They had, um, I was ch- checking back through my game story, Plano only had 23 rushing yards in the first half of that game. Wow. Wow. And then they finished with 206. Yeah. So, I mean, they just, they took it to Hebron up front. They really wore down the Hawks in the trenches. Kind of surprising considering yeah. that Hebron's defensive line was a strength heading yeah, into the season. Um, they really hurt them with a lot of, no pun intended, wildcat runs, you know, yeah. direct snaps to, the, uh, you know, to their two running backs, Kyron Cummings and Cody Christ. Um, I believe they averaged, looking back through my story, five and a half yards per carry on those types of runs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Plano comes at you with a myriad of different, you know, different run formations and whatnot, and it just seemed to really, just the cumulative effect really seemed to take yeah. its toll on Hebron. And then um, you had a, uh, so you had Hebron dominate the first half, Plano dominate the second half. These two teams, there was not a whole lot of separation between them on yeah. that night. This came down to, of all things, a botched snap and hold on a game-tying extra point. Yeah. So, yeah, and Plano ends up escaping with a 20 Seven twenty six win um, sets a uh, sets a little fun uh, a fun yeah. little blueprint for what to expect out of this game. Um, Taylor, at first glance, what uh, what kind of caught your eye about this matchup? I think the thing that I think about when I look at, at Plano early in the season is that they play a brand of football that I don't want to say is easier to learn, but it, but it's easier to to install and get going early on in the season. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you know your team centered on. You know, let's run the football. You know, let's play Smash Mouth. Let's, you know, just let's see if they can stop it. Let's do, you know, run the Wildcat and, and Kyron Cumbie's back. Those are things that, you know, are already in place and things that don't necessarily take a couple weeks of non-district play to get going sometimes like a new quarterback might or, you know, the passing game in general. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's if that's to uh, to thank for, for their performance against Hebron in the last couple years. Um, like you said, last year was extremely close, but... Sometimes in these in these first games, despite you know maybe a talent disparity, and I think Hebron probably has a higher ceiling, um, mm-hmm. just you know as far as the postseason goes and 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 what they might be capable of. Um, you know when you when you match up with a team like Plano early in the season, 
they're going to be good at what they do. They're going to be good at running the football. They're going to be fundamentally sound. Plano's always fundamentally sound, and sometimes that can you know kind of outweigh. Uh, talent and and um, impressive offensive systems or, or things like that early in the season because it's just you know they they are very comfortable in their identity and and that could you know uh, play another role you know this year in in helping them handle Hebron like they have uh, as of late because that's the thing like make no mistake about it the on paper favorite heading into those last two matchups was Hebron yeah. they were an overwhelming pick by whatever media outlet you checked that was making picks but. I think I have them this year. They, they probably still are the, the favorite, I would say. Oh, they are. They are. On paper, the, they are into still. This, into this year. But Plano's been a stumbling block for them, and you mentioned the continuity that they have you know, in the backfield with Kyron Cumby, with Cody Christ. How's, you know, how is Hebron going to handle that? Um, both teams are going to be breaking in new quarterbacks, which is I'm yeah. kind of anxious to see kind of how that wrinkle works, more so on the Hebron side, because yeah. I think that that's a, a bit be, of a more... be a, counted on a little more, maybe. A more central role to their identity yeah. you know, versus, you know, I mean, the run game is going to be Plano's identity. Although, when Coach McCullough said he thinks they might be able to balance out a little bit more, but you know, time will tell. But when you're taking over for a three-year starter who's off playing D1 football, like yeah. uh, like Carson, you know, Carson uh, Harris is tonight for uh, for Clayton Tune. I mean, I'm anxious to see just kind of what, uh, especially with it being the first week, because mm-hmm. whatever Hebron's identity is tonight is not necessarily what it's going to be, you know, two months yeah. from now. Right. So how much how much do they ask out of out of Carson in his first ever varsity start? And what kind of yeah. trickle down effect does that have? It'll be interesting to see kind of how much they put on his shoulders, how mm-hmm. much you know they're willing to open up the playbook for him and stuff. But being in the system, being a, an upperclassman that's been in the system, I feel like he should have a pretty good grasp of the playbook at this point. Especially what they did in spring in seven on seven. Mm-hmm. I feel like he'll have. A, I don't feel like they're going to have to hold back too much. And I, honestly, one other aspect I'm looking at is to see what um, Jalen Lott is able to do. Yes, yeah, that down as well. <laughs> he was very, very explosive last year, mm-hmm. but now he's going to be kind of the bell cow bat with Jaden Taylor moving on. So I'm kind of interested to see kind of the distribution in the backfield, how, how many carries he's able to handle if he's able to stay fresh throughout mm-hmm. the game because he's just a junior. He's never been kind of asked to carry this type of load, at least at the high school level. So. Because um yeah that was I mean that was a part of Hebron's you know offense last season against Plano that never yeah. really got off the ground. They um I believe Jaden Taylor who was their starter last season has since graduated. He had like a forty five yard run on maybe like the second or third play yeah. for scrimmage, and that was pretty much it. Plano stuffed everything else that Plano, uh, that Hebron tried um you know running the ball. You know you mentioned mm-hmm. a lot. I mean he only had uh, you know five carries for twenty three yards. So you really didn't even get to see you know the full yeah. you know the extent to which you might see him later on tonight. So yeah, I was very yeah. anxious to see because he went on to win like. What was it, offensive was, newcomer yeah, of the year? Offensive newcomer of the year, yeah. And it just kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with that. But the other real thing to monitor for Hebron is their offensive line. Mm-hmm. They graduated four all-district linemen from last year. Wow. So uh, Blake Barber's back, but a new group around them. You know, Coach Brazel says he's pleased with how they've kind of gelled throughout camp and in spring and stuff. But different when you get out there under the lights on Friday. So I'm interested to see how the line in the running game comes along, almost as much as Harris. And they'll have a tall order as well on the other end of the uh, on the other end of that line of scrimmage because they, um, well, I mean, one thing that contributed to Plano being able to make that comeback last year was the job that they did, you know, disrupting Clayton Toon's rhythm with their pass rush, mm-hmm. specifically, you know, Keon Hurst, who was, yeah. at the time last year, was making his first ever, you know, start on varsity last season and wound up being one of the breakout players in all of District 6A. Well, mm-hmm. he's back, you know, 
know, on the uh, on the edge there on the defensive line. And um, yeah, I mean that's you know Plano. I mean Hebron had its hands full trying to slow him down. And that's yeah. when you look at a player like Bridges um, and just not wanting to let him at all, you know, approximate what he was able to do to Plano last yeah. year. One thing that's going to be uh, pretty important, Plano's pursuit at least, is being able to get pressure on, yeah. you know, on um, you know on Harris and just just disrupt whatever timing yeah. you know those two are able to establish. And Keon Hurst going to be very very pivotal in a, you know in that factor. Um, what do you see as kind of Hebron's path to victory in this game? Um, I think uh, real quick on Bridges though, I was sure. just kind of curious what your guys' thoughts are. Like, do you think last year he was on a team they had four really good receivers, three of them were all district. Three of those guys are gone, and mm-hmm. he's back. So, do you think that's going to would lead to kind of an increase in targets and an increase in production for him, or do you think things are going to be tougher without those other guys around him? I think they can work both ways because on yeah. the one hand, like he's you know. With Carson Harris, you know how much of a how reliable yeah. you know it is to target you know one of the top receivers in the you know mm-hmm. in the state, yeah. and you do have that sense of especially in your first ever start for a game like tonight, there might be more a sense to kind of go with what you what you can count on, what you can rely on, mm-hmm. and I mean it would stand a reason that you know I mean granted I don't know you know what else Hebron has at receiver, but you I don't know, think a whole lot of people know other than the people in the room. Yeah. Right? I mean they're all new outside of Bridges. See, I mean with Bridges, I mean like I just mentioned, like two of his touchdowns last year was he was B. I mean playing. You know, tried to throw the kitchen sink to try to yeah. slow him down, yeah. and it just did not matter. I think so. that's what it comes down to for sure. Yeah. I think that the targets will go up. I mean, just like Theo Weiss at Allen, I think mm-hmm. Theo Weiss is is going to be on a an, an individual level as far as targets and and you know, kind of being the guy that maybe he didn't have to be, despite how talented he is. And and Bridges could be the same way. Um, but that can also lead to, like you said, you know, more coverage and and obviously more emphasis. But at the same time, guys that are this good, I mean, every once in a while yeah. they're just sometimes it just doesn't matter. <laughs> like sometimes it's it's just gonna they're gonna they're gonna beat the defense and and it's not gonna matter you know you could put all yeah. <laughs> all four all four guys out there and it would be fine so because there's one like uh, when when we watched the uh, you know his last touchdown the one where he beat triple coverage it was like do you guys ever remember the game that you know you play as kids 500 yeah where you just throw the ball up and oh yeah everybody and you had three wildcats yeah. all right there just staring yeah. at the ball ready to come down to the pick in the end zone and then Bridget just swoops in over all of them yeah. and just and just yeah and grabs it I mean yeah, he was he put on a special special performance yeah. last year against Plano and yeah sometimes again when you're a player of that talent level like Taylor said it just doesn't matter what you throw at yeah. him so um yeah I mean going back to what you said that yeah. was what I think kind of what the blueprint for Hebron I think obviously I think defensively you know it's can't imagine I'm saying this after like Verone McKinley graduates and mm-hmm. Mario Montez and all the other good secondary players, but I still think Hebron's going to have a very good secondary with mm-hmm. Darius Snow, uh, Ryan Allison, and Diego Johnson. Coach Brazel's pretty high on them, so I look for Hebron to kind of stack the box, try to make Plano beat them through mm-hmm. the air. It worked for one half last year. Let's see if they can do it for four quarters this season. Plano has to be, and I, you know, I mentioned this a week ago on the podcast, and I'm probably going to say it quite a bit where it's going to become a broken record. They just need to be efficient passing the ball. Plano passed the ball just nine times against Hebron last year, yeah. which is not out of character for a run-based team. That was mm-hmm. kind of the, you know, that was the norm, but they completed six of those passes. So if you're completing two-thirds of your passes, then you'll take that every every night. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, for you know, Cole Winnett, you know, his very first mm-hmm. start going up against a, uh, you know, a program with the kind of pedigree of Hebron. Yeah. I mean, just, and they've got so much, uh, you know, they have players who started on a varsity at receiver, mm-hmm. but nobody who was, they don't really have a proven top option. You know, yeah. Caleb McAway was their top receiver last mm-hmm. year, and he accounted for a ton of their production. He has since graduated. Um, you know, their next tie, you know, next up on the depth chart was, um, you know, Jaden Chambers, Isaiah Calhoun, both of whom caught only seven balls last year. So, players' passing game is going to be uh, very much a work in progress. 
guys mm-hmm. anxious to see what that obviously what that you know what they have to offer in that capacity tonight. Yeah. But they just they need to be efficient, um, you know, above all else. Um, obviously, the you know the typical benchmarks control the line of scrimmage, win time of possession. Um, they got to do whatever they can to just to make Carson Harris uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I just mentioned with Keon Hurst and the pass rush, they've got to be getting to him with some semblance of yeah. regularity, so he's not able to sit back all day. Because if he's got all day to work in there, guess who's going to get open? Yeah, Bridges. So, um, and then obviously, yeah, I mean, just you need Kyron Cumby, Cody Chris, just to do their yeah. thing. They were able to average together, you know, six and a half yards per carry yeah. in that last year's meeting. Yep. They're able to approximate that. You got to like Tough the best to lose. chances. And then, of course, you got to execute on special teams, as you yes. saw last year. And Hebron has a very good kicker in Grant Paulette, mm-hmm. so um, he's a little more experienced this year. So I think they should be pretty sound there. So. I'd Anticipating a pretty tight, pretty competitive ball game. Who do we pick for this one? I had Hebron. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the in the picket line this week, I had Hebron. I think the the talent ceiling is is higher, and and I think they're they're probably due for one <laughs> at this point. I'll take the Hawks. Yeah. I'll say how about twenty eight to twenty. Twenty eight to twenty. Yeah, I uh, so I've picked this game incorrectly the last two years, which is probably not the best way to set up my pick for this. <laughs> I, believe, I believe I did too then. <laughs> but um, so with. Uh, it's it's the first week of the season, so above all else, like whatever you see tonight, whatever you see tomorrow night, whatever games yep. you're at, fans yeah. don't overreact. Understand yeah. that it's week one, and that you know what all you see. You, all you have to do is look to the non-district last year. I remember it was chaos. Just this team beats this team. This team beats this team. What do you make of this? Yeah. Just. You mentioned Get to district and see what happens. I mean, you saw the Plano Hebron game in 2016 where Plano looked like a band of world beaters yeah. as they ran Hebron off their own home field. Plano didn't even make the playoffs that year. Yeah. <laughs> and Hebron did. So, I mean, it's just you got to take these games early on with a bit of a, you know, grain of salt. Leave the baseless conjecture to us yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as far as any kind of <laughs> big picture stuff. So, um, that all being said, I, um, you know, whether it's a case of fool me once, fool me twice, but I'm, uh, I'm hopefully going to learn from my mistakes and I'm picking the wild cats to, to win this one. I feel like you know, I don't know what to expect out of Carson Harris, but mm-hmm. you know, I feel like there's maybe a bit more certainty right now and a bit more continuity with Plano's identity versus Hebron's, and again, Carson Harris might go out, go off and be a district MVP candidate for all I know, but you know, especially with this first week with so much unknown, I just kind of got to go with what I know and mm-hmm. I feel like there's a bit more certainty right now with what Plano has, so yeah, give me the Wildcats. I think for my uh, my, my spread in our um, in our preview column that we did, Taylor, I picked him to win by three. Yeah. So it's going to be... I'd I mean, for the, the picket line, we didn't have to do margins or anything, but I would have been similar. I mean, it's hard to take one of these teams, you know, especially with, with last year and, and what we think they have coming back. It's hard to take one of these teams by even you know, a touchdown at this point. So, I mean, it's it's the slimmest of margins for sure. Now I'm in the minority on this, so I'm looking up at the picket line right now, and Hebron got a nod 4-2 to two overall. Just myself and uh, Devin Hassan going out on that limb and picking the Wildcats. Justin Taylor, y'all two, plus Brian Murphy, Kendrick Johnson siding with the Hawks. And that's a uh, nice little preview of our uh, of our game of the week. We'll see if it lives up to that billing tonight. Once again, Plano versus Hebron, 7 o'clock at Clark Stadium in Plano. Um, but obviously, we've set our share on this game. What about what does one of the star players of Plano Senior think about this game? So uh, yesterday, myself, Kendrick Johnson, we had a chance to chat with Plano star running back Kyron Cumby as he talks about Hebron plus Plano's upcoming season in, um, in general. And um, we will get to see what he had to say after a word from this sponsor.
Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD painting. Whether it's painting, staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, exterior, if you need it painted, ATD Painting has got you covered. At ATD Painting, their goal is to provide a home improvement experience that is a great value, trouble-free, and enjoyable. And painting is really just kind of scratching the surface as to what they, uh, as to what these appointments entail. For ATD Painting's interior projects, things like painting, wall repair, ceiling repair, they'll make sure that your floors and furniture protected and that everything is all cleaned up afterwards. For exterior projects, not only will they do the painting, but they will hand scrape loose paint, reattach loose boards, recalk windows or doors, plus much more. Not only that, if you visit their website right now, atdpainting.com, you can find a coupon for $200 off a complete exterior purchase. Um, once again, ATD Painting. They've got four locations in the Metroplex, including in Plano and Louisville. For more information, call 972-694-8888 or visit atdpainting.com. That is ATD Painting. Check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be. And now, let's get back to the podcast. Kendra Johnson coming to you once again. This time we're at Plano Senior High for the game of the week. Plano plays Heron in week one. I'm with Plano star Kyron Cumbie. Yes, Thanks sir. for joining me, man. Yes, How's it feel to start your senior year with such a high-profile game? Oh, I mean, it's big. You know, we need this considering we're in a good district. So we need a game right off the bat to test us. How much I talk about last year's game? It was like a nip and tuck and fair. And if you look at, like, the whole state of Texas, that's like one of the top ten games in the state. It happened in week one. Do y'all think it's going to be that type of game with all the explosion y'all got and all the explosion they have? Um, of course. You know, when we play Hebron, it's always a good game. They have a nice team over there. We feel like we have a nice team, so it should be a battle. As you know, I cover the McKinney schools, but I'm uh-huh. definitely an admirer of your work. Are they going to get you the ball more this year? Because you look at the stats, it'd be uh-huh. like you got like 10, 10 carries for like 15 yards to carry. It's like, oh, uh-huh. this man going to get 20 carries. Or, or do y'all just going to have y'all system and do or y'all on some wrinkles that we haven't seen mm-hmm. out of playing the last couple years? Oh, uh, I mean, I feel like this year we're more talented as far as like um, receiving core, running back core. We got three good running backs and a good receiving core. So, of course, we're going to spread the ball around and not be, you know, one-dimensional and focus on one player. How much did going to the playoffs last year give y'all that momentum on this year? I know it's two mm-hmm. separate teams, but do y'all have that momentum? Like, a lot of y'all had y'all heard about the plan on tradition. Mm-hmm. I saw the sign when you walk in, make your own tradition. So what does that mean to you, and how do y'all plan on making our tradition in 2018? Um, you know, we have a lot of returning starters, so we feel like playing Euless Trinity and getting the playoff um, vibe should be good for us because we've been in that environment before. But, um, of course, we want to, you know, turn around uh, Plano and you know make a deep run in the playoffs. What are you seeing on tape that Hebron possesses that's going to be some challenges because they got talent on both sides mm-hmm. of the ball. Got the five star receiver and they got the four star linebacker. So it's like both sides of the ball they got y'all covered. What are mm-hmm. you seeing on tape that's going to make them a difficult challenge? Um, Hebron has a really good secondary and you know we're going to have to get the running game going to open up the passing game. How big a deal is that to be balanced so it's not leaning on you and Cody Chris to be bell cows? Um, you know, I'm playing a lot of slot this year, so, you know, we want to spread the ball on the outside, and we feel like we have the quarterback that can do it, and, you know, we're going to use these three games to um, balance our offense and prepare for district. 
and with that tough district that y'all got, how good is the fact that y'all get a good look mm-hmm. with that quality opponent that y'all gonna see in district? A lot of teams don't get that. It's like they'll be still be three and zero, and then you got Allen first week, first district. It has the fact that y'all getting a playoff caliber team right out the shoot. Um, you know, our coaches, you know, they like to schedule, you know, games that are going to prepare us. You know, we got Allen at Allen week one. So, you know, Rowlett and Ebron and El Paso team, they're going to really test us and test where we're going to be this year. And where's y'all confidence level at? Like, because I got so many people returning. So do y'all think y'all you know, getting in the playoffs, getting a little sample of that, got y'all extra motivated to make that run and protect the paw? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we understand that we're not the, you know, big dogs around, but, you know, we have a lot of good players. And, you know, we just have to approach every day. You know, hard work is going to be talent. So when we play teams like Allen and uh, Jesuit and those teams, you know, we just got to grind, and what we do in practice is going to show on the field. Before I let you go, give me two personal goals and two team goals you got, two for yourself and two for the team in 2018. Um, two personal goals, I would say, you know, just do what's best for the team, you know. You know, carry a load. If they want me to um, carry a load, then I'll do that. But if they want me to take the back seat and, you know, we want to spread the ball around, if that's best for the team, I'll do that too. Um, you know, team goals, you know, of course we want to make a run in the playoffs and go as far as possible, but we need to mold together as a team and, you know, play as a team and we can go far. Thanks for your time, Kyron. No Kyron Cumbie, star running back for Plano Senior High. I challenge you to go see this man play on a Friday. You might see something you'll be talking about five years from now. He's that good. Back to y'all. Yes, sir. Thank you to Kyron Cumber for taking the chance to chat with Kendrick for our student-athlete spotlight, highlighting our game of the week, Plano versus Hebron. So we just devoted about 15 minutes to discussing that game. Obviously, that's not the only game happening within our neck of the woods for this opening week of high school football. We've got some other big ones on the docket, so let's talk about a few of them. We're just going to quick hit you know, a few games before we uh, close, out sh- close up shop here. A, um, another big game that's happening tonight, actually, um, a big game from a historic standpoint. The first ever game at the new McKinney ISD Stadium. The $70 million palace, as uh, Kendrick Johnson refers to it. Um, it opens with a, uh, with a renewal of, uh, of a rivalry within the city. McKinney versus McKinney North. Um, first time these two teams have met since 2015, so not a, not a massive hiatus, but you do have a you know, 5A versus 6A, so mm-hmm. nice to reunite those two for um, you know, for the non-district slate. North, however, riding a four-game winning streak against McKinney. Um, any initial thoughts on this game from y'all? I think that, um, you know, despite the, the 5A, 6A disparity, and, and that's always interesting just to see, you know, we've had this conversation about a couple other games this week, you know, how does a, a really talented 5A matchup with just 6A athleticism, even if it's not, you know, mm-hmm. the best 6A team or, or isn't projected to be. But for me, I think McKinney has just lost too much to, to compete with yeah. North. North has continuity. Um, North has talent. And, and McKinney is just, um, I, don't, I mean, it's, 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 I think it's fair to call it a rebuilding year. I don't know how, you know, bad they'll be or, or how many games they'll win. I think that, you know, they'll, they'll be okay and they'll have a decent year. But I think they just lost too much to really... Um, hang with teams that that are bringing back as much as as North is. We talked about just that element of the of the unknown, and I mean it doesn't get more unknown than a team that lost all eleven offensive starters yeah. from last season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean you're going into this game kind of blindfolded on just what to expect out of McKinney's offense. You do know that Quarter Dunn, you know, was able to spell Matt Gaddick well enough to have a quality season as a backup running back, but time will tell how he's able to handle a uh, you know 
the lead back workload, plus with a brand new offensive yeah. line in front of them. Um, so I was kind of curious if this game is going to feature an awesome running back. One of these two teams usually seems to have a yeah, I mean, pretty I good mean, horse back North there. graduated a, uh, you know, a, a district MVP in Lamar Lucas, and that program yeah. reloads running back as good as anybody in, yeah. the, in the area. Um, but yeah, between that and just the, I mean, they've, I mean, Cam Constantine's entering his third year as their starting quarterback. Um, yeah, I just got to go with kind of the more proven, you know, kind of what we know for McKinney North in this one. So as far as our picks go, I guess I gather you're yep, on the north, north side. Dogs, give me the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me McKinney North my dogs. And um, <laughs> we weren't alone. So McKinney North was a was a clean sweep in the picket line for this one. So six zero nod for the for the Bulldogs over the rival uh, Lions. Justin, the game that you're going to be at, yes. Saxy versus Capel. Talk about this one. Looking forward to this one. Yeah. Uh, two teams that coming off district titles last year and. A game a lot of people thought might have been a regional championship game last mm-hmm. year, but both teams ended up losing in a heartbreaking fashion in the uh, third round, so that never came to fruition. But uh, they'll get after it this year, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, obviously, we kind of, as we alluded to a little bit in the Hebron Plano game, mm-hmm. you got to kind of look at these teams replacing their stellar quarterbacks, yeah. Jalen mm-hmm. Maiden and Brady McBride. Big name quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so looking forward to that. Um, I guess we're doing predictions. I, I picked the Cowboys. I think this should be a good game, but I, I kind of like what Coppell has. Um, assuming that they get good production and uh, consistency out of quarterback Juice Aurelia or Taj Gregor, whoever ends up mm-hmm. there primarily, I really like what this Coppell team has outside mm-hmm. of that position. If it comes along, I think this is going to be a really good team, and I think they're going to get off to a good start here. This is Capel is probably like if you're going to pick the perfect kind of opponent for Sexy to open up with after a year that they had last year. Their best season in program history, a season where they were ranked, you know, top ten in the state for the majority of the, uh, you mm-hmm. know, of the year to, um, they're opening up against a program like Capel is them carrying themselves like, okay, we've taken that next step yeah. as a program. Because I was, right. like, I was thinking back. Considering themselves a big boy, kind of, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Capel's absolutely. I mean, they're, I mean, Capel's usually, I mean, Capel throws down with Allen on yeah. a yearly basis. That's just shows. Oh, is that from a Saxy Oh, Saxy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, with Saxy, like, I was thinking back, like, this is, I mean, this is probably their biggest, in terms, terms of, like, pedigree, their yeah. biggest non-district opponent since like the 2014 Plano West team and that was Soso Jamabo's senior year a team that won nine games won a couple rounds deep in the playoffs as far as just the quality of opponent Um, this is a chance to really be if Saxe can pull it off that is a chance to be you know one of their biggest regular season wins in quite some time it would be just the perfect you know springboard off of what they were able to accomplish last year that being said I'm taking Capel Um, (laughs) with um, kind of I don't know it's I feel like it, like when when Saxy was pressed against, you know, as great as their season was last year, you didn't notice that they, when they were pressed yeah. with higher caliber competition, you know, you look at their toughest games on the schedule, you know, from you know Rowlett to Rockwall to Hendrickson, yeah. and they made an incredible comeback and almost were able to you know pull off a you know a miracle against Hendrickson, but you know they did seem to stumble a little bit when pressed against you know that yeah. higher echelon of competition, and I do think that um, that was a Rowlett team that Capel dominated yeah. a couple weeks later in the playoffs too. Capel's like I don't know, there's just a bit more. Or, you know, certainty, steep in tradition, consistency, just mm-hmm. year in, year out, as far as handling these big, you know, these high profile types of games. I think Saxy is, you know. And playing at home. Yeah, and, you know, Saxy could get there in due time, and they certainly took a big step last year, but right now for this one, week one, got to go with the Cowboys. Yep. I went the same way. Yep. I took Capel. I think that, you know, when you're you're breaking in quarterbacks, both teams are in, in pretty good situations as far as, you know, the, the skill positions and the players surrounding them. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to go with, you know, the, the tradition and, and kind of the, 
you know, what have you done for me lately? As good a year as Saxy had, Capel has been, you know, is, is up there with, you know, some of the best programs in the state. I think Blake Jackson kind of has the ability to be one of those guys um, that we've talked about where, you know, you can step up and take a huge role um, outside and, and kind of make plays no matter what's going on. Uh, he's, he's pretty good. So um, this was one of the ones that I think was closest for me this week and probably the game I was second most excited about to uh, to Plano Hebron, but I'll go with Capel. I'll throw a bold prediction in there. Capel will score a special teams touchdown this week. Ooh, that will okay. Any reason we'll why put that on camera? All right, yeah, it's on camera. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, for the sake of the picket line, you know, Capel came in with a four to two nod in this matchup against Saxe. The three of us obviously picking picking the Cowboys, as is. Uh, Kendrick Johnson, and then Devin Hassan, Brian Murphy, rolling with the Mustangs. Oh, the Saxy reporter and the uh, Saxy alum picking <laughs> the Mustangs, huh? <laughs> the game that, uh, that I will be at tomorrow night, a, uh, the first half of the Tom Landry Classic out at Eagle Stadium in Allen, as is usually the case at the start of the year. That begins with um, with those Allen Eagles. The uh, the defending Classic A Division One state champions begin their year against uh, Mesquite Horn. Should be a fun little game. I'm looking forward to this one. You know, Horn is uh, they're frisky enough to give Allen some fits. I think. I, yeah. mean, I think. I mean, it's tough to go against Allen with all that they've done. You know, over these mm-hmm. last. Like I mentioned it. You know, ad nauseum that they've won 87 out of 89 games. They've not lost a regular season game since September of 2012. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. You were at that game against Capel. I was. Um, I'm anxious to see. I guess the debut above, of Kyler Murray. That's right. The um, above all else, the uh, the wide receiver defensive back matchups in this uh, in this game in this game both um both. Teams are kind of in the same same spot. They have you know a lot of talent on offense, and their secondaries were both hit hard by graduation. Um, Allen replacing its entire secondary. Horn graduated three kids from the secondary that made all district. And on the other end, I mean, I saw Mesquite Horn just once during the summer, and that was in seven on seven. And their speed at wide receiver was just insane. Mm-hmm. They've got some they've got some burners there lining up out wide. And one thing I'm talking with Allen head coach Terry Gamble, um, at least fresh off their scrimmage against Hebron, that he really stressed. Um, didn't see the scrimmage, so I can't speak to it. But it sounded like a sore spot was tackling in space. He was really emphasized the need to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to you know pick that up because I mean, against a team like Horn, that can obviously come yeah. back to bite you quite a bit. And you already probably some similar athletic skill sets on the Hebron offense and Horn mm-hmm. offensive sides as well. That's who they scrimmaged, by the way, Hebron. With um, I mean, yeah, with Allen, then we already mentioned Theo Weiss and what mm-hmm. he does. But I mean, this is a receiving core that um, quarterback Grant Tisdale said could be the best one that he's that he's had during his time at Allen. A lot of depth. It's not just Weiss, but they've got you know Juwan Mason, you know Darian Sherfield, you know two uh, two sophomore twins, Bryson and Blaine Green, who both have you know multiple D1 offers. I mean, there's a lot of talent there out wide. So I'm anxious to see how how Allen passing game evolves with that kind of depth, how the running game looks. Obviously, we've mentioned that a bunch with how you know they're looking to replace what Brock Sturgis brought to the table. And then Horn, I mean, Jermaine Gibbons is exciting a quarterback as it gets mm-hmm. in the in the state. And I'm anxious to see what kind of uh, what kind of problems he can pose for uh, for Allen. Um, you know, I'm rolling with the Eagles. Like even though Allen is Allen's been a little slow out of the gates yeah. in recent years. Their last, you know, their last four, um, you think of the Allen standard where um, I mentioned, you know, 87 out of 89. Of those on um, those 87 wins, I want to say the average margin of victory was somewhere in the neighborhood of 24 points. Their first game of the season, three of the past four years, they've only won by, I believe, 18 points or less. So they've, I mean, they've, teams have, you know, hung tight with them a little bit, you know, early on. Allen teams, uh, you know, kind of pull yeah. away late as they will. Um, but I'm, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Just, it's, it's Allen. They're undefeated at Eagles Stadium. Haven't lost a regular season game in almost six years. How do you go against that? 
Yeah, I, I mean, it, for me, yeah. I, I kind of think along the same lines as you do about you know it, it's it's not a it's not a hope, but there's always this little itch that you know this is a great team. Jermaine Givens is is a great quarterback. They got dynamic playmakers. You know, is this the team that's that's finally going to give Allen you know a, a run for their money in, in the first game? Is this the team that's finally going to take Allen really to the ropes? Mm-hmm. Is this the team that's you know going to going to be right there in the fourth quarter? And you you know you think about that and and, and try to justify it, and then Allen uh, out and and win by four. 14, 21, 28. So it's just it's hard to go against Allen until you know something gives, and and so far nothing's given. Even in those games where you know they come out a little slow and and and, and things aren't going you know quite as as efficiently as, as they would probably hope, they still end up winning. Like you said, by I mean eighteen points or less, you're still winning by eighteen points. That's yeah. I mean you know I mean, what I mean. That's, that's the thing. Like I said, that like Allen, that's, yeah. for like, Allen, that's low. Every team for, will take a three score victory any yeah. so <laughs> time. But I, I went with Allen. Um, with the hope that it will be a good football game because I think Horn is an extremely, extremely talented football team that, that will certainly at least make the first half intriguing. I, I think that's safe to say, but but I don't think you can go against Allen yet. Look, you, you evaluate Allen a little bit different from you know yeah. from other teams, and like yeah. I said, it's even though said, say you know, what I will about the scores, but just from a quality of play standpoint, it was right. a team that definitely was you know still shaking off some rust. Right. And we'll see if, that's, if that remains the case. Um, for the sake of the, uh, the picket line, um, it was a, a clean sweep. Yeah. We I took Allen as well, but I'm calling a major upset alert here. Um, if anything, because of all my years doing this picket line, if I've had one bugaboo, it is mesquite horn. <laughs> they, they always do me wrong. I always pick them incorrectly, and so I picked Allen, and I think horn has what it takes to beat them. I couldn't pull the trigger on them, but I picked Allen, so that probably means horn's going to win. Yeah. Probably does. Who knows? <laughs> we shall see. I um, mean, let's round this out with a look at a big game out in Mesquite, uh, Mesquite Potete. The Pirates, they open up their season 7 o'clock Friday from Memorial Stadium against a perennial Class 5A powerhouse, Denton Ryan. Um, for this game, um, you know, Devin Hassan, our, our Mesquite News you know, sports editor, he is fairly high on this Potete offense, mm-hmm. at least in just the talent that they have coming back from quarterback Dalton Dale, Seth McGowan, the running back, Cam Lampkin at receiver. Um, pretty, you know, pretty big things expected for this uh, for this Pirates yeah. offense. And, I mean, going up against him, mean, you could not pick a, as far as a, uh, you know, just quality 5A opponents. It doesn't get much tougher than Dan Ryan. Yeah. Um, so I'm anxious to kind of see how, uh, how that fares, if the, uh, what kind of early returns you get out of that Potete offense. Just from the Dan Ryan perspective, um, this is the Drew Sanders debut for the uh, for the Raiders. Drew Sanders, a quarterback who's had a uh, had a cup of coffee in our markets. He was yeah. the uh, he was in line to be the uh, you know one of the quarterbacks in competition for the starting role in Lake Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, around uh, a little over a year ago, he winds up transferring to Caldwell Heritage, where he plays out his junior year. And now he's at Denton Ryan, going to start for the Raiders this year. Obviously, lofty expectations coming with that standard. But um, I mean, think about this, Taylor. Like Drew Sanders was in a time like in contention for that starting quarterback spot. Can yeah. you imagine though, in an alternative alternative reality where? You, we have no idea if Ryan Depperschmidt is yeah. going to play quarterback for the Falcons. And no, I can't <laughs> imagine. Imagine, how, imagine how different that would look for them yeah. in hindsight if you yeah. have. I mean, this, he would be their backup. You know, potentially if, if Sanders had won out in that uh, in that competition. Um, I've actually heard some rumors that or some suggestions that Drew Sanders is going to play receiver for them and not even start at quarterback. And it's one of the coach's sons. Oh, really? Well, and yeah. then his brother. That's to what I just said. Then. <laughs> Uh, and then the coach's yeah. son is the starter, and then his brother is the mm-hmm. backup, and Sanders is going to be playing wide receiver. I don't know if that's how it's actually going to mm-hmm. play out, but I, I did see read some about that leading up to the year. Okay. So. Interesting. So um, let's see as far as picks for this game go. Um, 
with uh, I don't know, it's one of those cases where it's just you you don't pick against Dent Ryan on the regular season until you're actually given reason to. I mean, yep. I don't know what their record is for um, you know just consecutive regular season wins. I mean, that's a program that is always just in the thick of that five A you know title discussion. So. I don't know. It's you kind of got to go with what you know this first week, especially with so much uncertainty and despite the continuity that Poteet has on offense. Yeah. I um yeah, picking the Raiders. Yeah. If 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 it is true that Sanders isn't going to start yeah. a quarterback, then they're very well equipped at quarterback. Yeah. They don't even need. They must have somebody else. This Ryan sure. team seems like a, a team that could win it all. I'm going to take. I'm going to take Ryan. Yeah. 44-3 last year over Poteet. I don't know. I, I think so. I, I mean, that's, make a better showing for themselves. So, yeah, I think there might be a better showing in order. But, I mean, like you guys said, just kind of a broken record. You can't go against Denton Ryan until you're given a really, really solid reason to, to want to make that choice because, I mean, they're perennial threat to, to win the whole thing. So I, I, I went Denton Ryan. For context's sake, Poteet is 0-4 all-time against Denton Ryan, and all four of those games are decided by double digits. Um, so three of us picked Ryan. The rest of the picket line agree there was a clean sweep for the Raiders, so we shall see if there's a, if we gave Poteet a little bulletin board material or who knows. But um, that's a look at uh, that is a look at um, at least some of the other marquee games that are on the docket for um, for this week, week one of the high school football season. As far as live coverage goes, as I've said, I'll be out at uh, Plano Hebron tonight, and then Allen Horn tomorrow night. Taylor, you're going to be at Kimbrough Stadium out in Murphy to cover Plano East against LD Bell. Yep. Justin, as we've already mentioned, you got Saxy and uh, Capel mm-hmm. on your docket. I'll as be out Saturday too. That's right. You got yep. the second half of the uh, of the Tom yep. Landry Lovejoy and Heritage Saturday at seven at Eagle Stadium. I'll be there as well. So looking forward to seeing uh, the Panthers and the Leopards, all the big cats this weekend for me. <laughs> and then um, you know Kendrick Johnson is going to be holding it down out in McKinney for their big opening weekend of the uh, of the new stadium. He's got McKinney McKinney North tonight, McKinney Boyd and Rowlett tomorrow night. Uh, Devin Hassan will be holding it down at Mesquite for Poteet and Dent Ryan, and Brian Murphy will uh, take in the very first varsity game for Frisco Memorial as they take on Salina. Um, for all those games. Um, we'll be live tweeting updates um, all throughout. You can follow us along on Twitter. What are your Twitter handles, by the way, gentlemen? Pass them along for the listeners. J Thomas S C N J T H O M A S S C N. Mine is just at Taylor Raglan. Just my name, no spaces. It's all good. M Welch S L M is mine. Um, once our uh, once the games go final, you can check out our game stories plus video highlights, rapid reaction podcasts, the whole nine. You know, writing. Audio, yeah. video—it's it's the triple it's here. of high school football coverage. It's here, boys. Um, you can check all that out at StarLocalMedia.com. Plus, we'll be back on Monday with another edition of the podcast itself. In the meantime, Taylor, Justin, appreciate you for tagging along, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy whatever football y'all take in tonight or tomorrow night or Saturday, for that matter. And yeah, we will talk to y'all later. Shoot me a tweet if you want a podcast T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We got plenty of those to give Seriously. away. <laughs> Thanks for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. Performance Food Group delivers more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. If you want to get in on that process, PFG just might have a spot for you. Their McKinney office is currently hiring. Job openings include Class A CDL drivers and warehouse order selectors, as well as many other entry and part-time positions. An ideal choice for college students or people just wanting to find new careers in general. Uh, for more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com careers for more job openings. If you prefer to contact them by phone, you can call at 214-491-3130 for more details. Once again, that is Performance Food Group located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com. 
Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.